Welcome to this episode of TechLink in Conversation. I'm Eddie Grant, a Director of Technical Connection. During our conversations, we seek to review the topical bulletins published on TechLink, our knowledge management tool for all things tax, trust, pensions, and much, much more. Today, we are doing something slightly different. Across the profession, there are many people going beyond diploma and even beyond chartered. Several universities have master's qualifications and students have undertaken significant research. Our interview today explores the research, its findings, but also the journey. I'm delighted to be joined by Jason Haig, who completed his dissertation in 2021. Hello, Jason. Thank you for joining us. How are you today? Hi, Eddie. Thank you. Uh, I'm very well. And uh, yeah, thanks for having me. Thank you for sharing a copy of your research in advance, Jason. Um, I notice uh, it's focused on buy-to-let property uh, investors in London and the Southeast. That's very narrow. Um, so um, I'm curious, uh, how did you decide to do this research? Uh, well, I've, I've been a financial advisor for, for 10 years and involved in finance for, for 30, 35 years. Uh, so. Uh, when I when I sit down with my clients now, um, a number of them come to me and say, "Should I buy an investment property?" as as opposed to other forms of investment. And over the last couple of years, when well prior to doing the the, the research, uh, a lot of my colleagues uh, also said a similar sort of thing. So I thought, well, hold on, we're all getting asked the same question, uh, and there, there was no easy way of answering it because everybody's circumstances were different, everybody's um, experience was different, and the more I drilled down on it, the the less clear it was was how how was the right way to respond. So I thought, right, if I've got a chance to do a master's, let's see um, see what I can do, and and that's uh, that's that's what what drew me into the in, into the subject and the topic. That's, that's, that sounds pretty sensible. Um, so, so having done the research, what, what, what were the key findings for you? Uh, well, I, I would say you should read the uh, read the the, <laughs> the, the paper, but uh, um, effectively, uh, key findings are that that you should only invest into a property if you uh, or into an investment property uh, if you have enough time. To, to manage it, or even if you're getting someone else to manage it, that you've got enough time to give up to make all the necessary decisions and, and other actions that need to take place. So that's the, the be all and end all on, on, on day one. Um, but I think there's, there's still a lot of uncertainty whether a buy-to-let investment is, is a sensible idea. And I think the, my research was really targeting uh, what the net return was after accounting for not just the, the manning, management costs and the running costs, but also uh, your own time. Uh, so it was, it was looking at a monetized return to the investor after accounting for what a typical amount of time an investor would need to spend uh, managing that property. But then on top of that, also looking at the, the tax position, because a lot of other investors 
uh, in non-property assets are able to invest in tax-efficient wrappers such as unit trusts, ISAs, pensions, where either the gains are tax-advantageous or tax-free. Uh, and therefore, if you're comparing it to a, the return that you make on a uh, buy-to-let investment before tax, then the returns just aren't equal. So um, th there's the, the, two, the two fundamentals on, on the top were, were that, looking at the returns and, and the management of it. Uh, when, when I actually drilled down further, the, the, the other areas that we found uh, were that every property is different. And, and I know that's stating the obvious, but uh, uh, if, a, if a client goes in to buy a, a property where there's some planning consent that's needed or some renovation works or some enhanced value through um, a lease extension and things like that, that, that is different and, and you wouldn't necessarily treat it as purely a buy-to-let investment because there is some added value. But when you actually look at the buy-to-let investment, the underlying returns end up being fairly consistent. So there's a yield and there's a capital growth side of things. And, and it's understanding what an average return is so that you can make an assessment in advance of that purchase and know that under normal circumstances, this is the sort of return that you'll make from making this investment. Uh, and when you look across the board of other types of investments, this information is available. Unfortunately, with buy-to-let investing, generally, this information isn't available. The, you know, all property investments are very personal to each, each investor, and therefore the information that they uh, gain over the years of in holding the investment aren't shared with anyone else except over a coffee or a, in, in the pub uh, or with families passed down through the generations. So it's very hard to access what costs are involved in running, what the typical returns are, um, and and all the other factors that come into to making an investment decision up front. So um, what, what I've tried to do is to create a model that takes my research, uh, the findings that I've got from my, my investor questionnaires, and at least give people an idea on a typical cost, a typical tax position um, and a typical return based on uh, growth figures and and what's available uh, or what I've gathered. And, and so that was really the key findings were to, to, to give people an idea on what normal looks like. And then if they think, as everyone always does, if they think they've found a better property than normal, then they should be able to get better returns. Or if they find a property that is normal, at least they're going in with their eyes open. And um, am I right in, in, in uh, understanding, before you actually started the research, you also had to do what is called a literature review, isn't it? The sort of looking at the theories and, and wider research. Um, so what did you what did you learn when you when you did that that supported the main research? OK, so, uh, yeah, literature review. This was part of the master's uh, project that I didn't really understand in advance. So, uh, yes, I've uh, done my um, CII qualifications. And as part of that, I, I think it was in RO2 from memory, uh, we looked at modern portfolio theory with Markovich. We looked at behavioural finance with Kahneman. Um, 
they were they were things that we touched on in in there but at a at a master's level qualification i had to go into a lot more detail um, i had to look at what how how those theories uh, might impact on the research that i was doing uh, i had to i couldn't just go to one or two uh, bits of literature and form my writing on those couple of bits and pieces, even though some of the bits of writing that I'd read actually summed up my understanding of things almost perfectly. Uh, I had to go and, and, and use, well, probably access a uh, hundred uh, different uh, bits of literature and probably end up using about 30, 30 or 40 of those uh, um, sources within my own findings. And uh, so, the, the theory of modern portfolio theory is all looking at, at the, the typical return that a portfolio might uh, achieve and how through diversification you can reduce the risk and sometimes outperform uh, a non-diversified portfolio by different uh, parts of that portfolio performing better at different times and therefore the the, the weighted average over a, a longer period of time is better so it, it's looking at that sort of thing I had to understand all that so that I could either discount it or accept it as a as a theory towards understanding the returns on a on a, a vital investment and when I went through that that process I I really struggled to find any relationship because not that many property investors hold a portfolio uh, of properties, or if they do, it's a very narrow portfolio of properties and, and therefore diversification on location, type of assets, all the other areas of diversification weren't appropriate. Uh, so therefore, you don't get that, that diversification and therefore the benefits of modern portfolio theory don't apply. Um, there, there was a, a professor over in America, Timothy Visor, that that had tried to implement modern portfolio theory into properties and therefore I did I included his research a couple of his papers within there even though in the end it got discounted um, because it was all towards more industrial properties and and portfolios of, of things other than residential investment uh, portfolios then we looked at behavioral finance and I found a, a, a lot of papers on behavioral finance a lot of different uh, theories that make up behavioural finance, and and that was really interesting. And I saw a lot of overlaps with little areas of that theory within the feedback that I was getting from property investors. So it, it helped me form uh, a better understanding on why uh, investors might make a decision at a given time. And um, and uh, and your research, there's different ways that people do this sort of research. Some are interviews, and and yours was through extensive uh, surveying of of of, uh, of individuals. Did you, did that go to plan? And did you get the outcome that you thought you would from from the surveys you did? Um, it went to plan in the sense that I created the questionnaire. Um, actually getting the responses wasn't quite so easy. So I, I'd intended on uh, targeting 100 uh, responses. Uh, so I sent out 200 questionnaires, but uh, I had to um, uh, use family and friends and uh, professionals that I knew, accountants, uh, managing agents, solicitors, 
to go out to their network of people to try and uh, distribute uh, those those questionnaires. And the responses I got uh, weren't always as uh, forthcoming as, as I'd hoped. Uh, in the end, I received 62 responses, which I was very happy with. And um, my supervisor at the, the university said was sufficient to uh, have a meaningful outcome. And there was a couple of areas of success that I had through um, an online Microsoft Forms survey. So I, I used that area for some of the, my, my questionnaires and others where I either produced a, a paper copy or a, a, an email version that, that I think once, once you email it to a specific person, they feel a little bit more obliged to uh, to respond, but it was also trying to find the right sort of people because, as as you said right at the start, my my research was was relatively narrow in the sense that it was London and the southeast, um, and that was important because uh, property prices, property management is totally different in London and the southeast compared to maybe uh, the northeast or uh, that area. So um, I had to narrow who I could actually ask to complete the questionnaire. And even though a few of my um, contacts said they were willing to do it, uh, I had to exclude them because I didn't have properties in the in the target area. And, and you developed, uh, you've, you've mentioned it already, you developed a, a tool, so an asset tool, is that right? And uh... Have you been able to use it since your uh, your research? Yeah, it, it, the, the, the model I, I created was just a, a simple spreadsheet model. Um, and, and I think most financial advisors uh, over the over the years build up various Excel spreadsheets for different purposes. Um, and I did have a couple of models before I did this research for, for managing my own property investments or to help people understand um, how how they might assess a deal up front. But when I actually got into this research, it was clear that that what I needed to do was, was create a brand new model, basically looking at the net monetized gain and then the net monetized income. So I had two separate models that, that were there. Uh, and then alongside that, build up a, uh, a couple of other worksheets alongside that for looking at uh, taxation, stamp duty, costs, um, all the different risks that might be in there. So I've, I've got a number of worksheets within the Excel spreadsheet. As far as um, using it, um, I, I have I, I used it a number of times when I was stress testing it to uh, you know look at um, uh, property transactions that either family and friends had uh, had been involved in just to see whether the outcome was accurate and. Yeah, it's not intended to be something that would be used for, for submitting to the tax office. Uh, it, it is very much an assessment tool to try and give people an idea of how much cash they'll end up with at the end of a project, given a certain set of assumptions and given uh, the industry uh, responses that I've gathered over the over the years. So it, it's... Um, Interestingly, the, the typical uh, return for uh, the model for most investors was somewhere a return of six and seven percent on a total return basis, which means that after taking into account a yield and the capital growth and their investor time, they'll end up with a somewhere usually it was uh, uh, about six point seven percent, six point six, six point seven percent, and um, 
a lot of people were surprised that that it was only that low uh, but the model seems to be fairly consistent and unless someone's added value to their property along the way um, then then the model does seem to to, to stack up so um, yeah no it, it was a it was a good exercise and if nothing else it gave me the chance to practice my excel spreadsheet skills again so uh, excellent excellent um so you've hopefully inspired some people to uh, to go on and do a masters um we always like to um to leave listeners with um some hints and tips um what what would your sort of three tips be for anyone thinking about uh, going ahead and doing a masters I think the first thing is um, make sure that you're you're not too busy to do it. Uh, that you know you've got to think a, a year in advance and and look forward to say what what are my business commitments, family commitments, personal commitments over the next 10, 12 months, um, and only go ahead with it if you are confident that you've got enough time to 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 allocate to it over that whole period. I had anticipated that I'd be able to get mine done super quick, um, and yet on the, the the day before final submission was required, I was still there working away, and I hadn't really taken too much time off over the over the 12 month period. So make sure you set us up uh, set aside enough time. Uh, target a topic that you you are passionate about. I, I listened to Adam's uh, podcast a, a few weeks ago, and and he, he, yeah, what what he said is is exactly right. You're gonna you're going to have to get uh, down and dirty on on this topic uh, in great detail. And if you don't enjoy it or if you're not passionate about it, it will become cumbersome. So so make sure uh, you you do that. And then the other thing was to to make sure you speak with your cohort, the people that are doing the masters with you, the the the, the friendships, the the assistance that we all were able to help um, you know throughout the process was was invaluable to me and it sort of goes beyond the studies it, it it's helped me understand more about uh, some other areas some other topics alongside it but it it certainly helped uh, and complemented my my studies along the way so i think they're probably the three three areas and probably not that dissimilar to 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 the feedback that you've had from from your other interviewees so far brilliant and no, that absolutely brilliant uh, hints and tips there um, thank you so much for your time, uh, Jason, and, and for sharing your your insights. Really appreciate it. And, uh, and it's been great catching up. Thank you. Thanks very much, Eddie. Cheers. The content of this recording is strictly for general consideration only. No action must be taken or refrained from based on the content alone. Professional advice must always be sought. Accordingly, Neither Technical Connection Limited nor any of its officers, employees or contractors can take responsibility for any loss occasioned as a result of any such action or inaction.